0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Everyday Things with Miss Pat, where we look at everyday things in reference to psychology, media, and religion. Today, we continue looking at theory of mind. This episode is part three of three. First episode was mainly a definition of the psychological term theory of mind and a few real-life examples. The second episode was on theory of mind in reference to television as a form of media. Please check both episodes out if you haven't. They're only 11 and a half minutes each. Today we're going to dive into the theory of mind in reference to religion. What is religion? Here's what Wikipedia says. Religion is a social-cultural system of designated behaviors and practices, morals, worldviews, texts, sanctified places, prophecies, ethics, or organizations that relate humanity to supernatural, transcendental, and spiritual elements. However, there is no scholarly census over what precisely counts as religion. I found that religion as a field is wider than media. There are 7 to 12 main religions in the world, but if we're going to look at all religions, big and small, then they are over 10,000. For the sake of this podcast, we will focus on religions that believe that their God or gods have a mind. We're focusing specifically on how humanity relates to the supernatural, transcendental, and spiritual elements. I obviously haven't had time to research all the religions because there are too many but for the sake of this study I'm going to look at Christianity because I'm familiar with it and Greek mythology. Why these two? Because both of these religions have a god or gods who have characteristics similar to humans. The idea that humans are made in the likeness of god Or gods, this will allow us to be able to conceptualize the idea of a mind. Please note that these are definitely not the only ones, but for the sake of this particular episode of the podcast, we will stick to these two. Looking at the written texts in Christianity, better known as the Bible, human beings are tripartite the spirit, the soul, And the body. In the soul, there is the mind, will, and emotions, and some say it is also the seat of consciousness. So the soul is the seat of the theory of mind. The human soul relates to other souls by reading how they act and inferring what it means. Sometimes, by also reading what a person writes, we can understand the theory of their mind. In essence, if human beings were made in the image of God, then this means that God has a mind, a will, and emotions. Therefore, it is possible to attribute a theory of mind to God in the Christian context. Greek mythology is more complicated. There are about 12 main deities. In Greek mythology, the gods and humans were similar, except Greek gods would have particular areas that they are responsible for or powers that they reside over. So if you wanted good fortune, as in money, then you would worship Plutus. Eros for love, Poseidon for good fortune at sea, Artemis for war and so on and so forth. But all these gods had flaws of some sort. Some were vindictive, some were violent, some were jealous. There was always an element of flaws in them which is part of the reason why people related to them more than the idea of this one perfect God. Let's recap the meaning of theory of mind. So it's the ability to recognize mental states in oneself and in others. Mental states, as we mentioned in the last two podcasts, include emotions, intents, beliefs, and knowledge. These are the things that we can look at and decide what kind of a person someone is. How then do we attribute this to religion? Well, as human beings, we're always looking for a point of contact. It is important to note that sometimes in religion, because people cannot have a personal experience or personal interaction with God, they would look at the people who stand on earth as representatives of God and attribute the human characters of the representatives of God. So for instance, in Christianity. We have priests, and we have a pope, and we have pastors, and we have ministers. Sometimes when people look at ministers, they believe that ministers are closer to God than they are. And so as a representative of God, they are supposed to have the same qualities as God. The unfortunate thing is that in a person's mind, they will create this elevated theory of mind of... Leaders in Christianity. And then the moment that these leaders just act as normal human beings and fall short or say something stupid or post something silly on social media, the followers in Christianity then attribute this to God or they attribute this to Christianity as a religion. As human beings, we're always looking for a point of contact with God so that we can understand Him so that we can break down how he works, so that we can understand how he functions. But in the absence of a physical body that we can read from, we turn to texts and we turn to representatives. In this, Christianity and Greek mythology kind of had similarities. Because in Greek mythology, some of the temples did have priests, and then the priests would take the votives or the sacrifices. And these priests were regarded as sacred because of how they worked. But sometimes priests would cheat people and do things that were wrong towards people and hurt them. I'm not sure if people would then attribute this to the God represented by the priest, like people do in Christianity. But... It's important to understand that as human beings, we always crave a point of contact, a point of understanding a point of relationship. So it would make sense for us when we are trying to understand religion, when we are trying to understand God, to actually look for signals, look for signs, look for examples, walk into a place, feel the atmosphere. We will look at a place of worship as holy ground for the presence of God and if on that day there's a particular chill, we can maybe attribute that to God being angry or something. The relation of people to God doesn't only depend on the experiences with text. It can also depend on people's experiences with holy places or places of pilgrimage. So if you are a Christian and you travel to Bethlehem and Jerusalem, there's always this need or expectation to have a miracle happen or have something amazing happen. So people will stand with this hope at the back of their heads that when they do go to this place, there will be some level of miraculous or mysterious happening that will help them to understand that they met God in the place where they went. We do look for human characteristics in God, but then this expands to how we relate to holy objects, how we relate to holy places, how we relate to representatives of God, how they behave. And we also relate it sometimes to just natural disasters or pandemics like now. We have heard several people talk about, oh, God is really angry at the population right now because we have sinned so much. And so he sent a pandemic to get us to calm down. And then other people are saying that all these things that are happening now were things that were spoken of in the book of Revelation. And so in order to understand activities people will take what is happening presently and then look at holy scriptures and then look at prophecies, read them, and then attribute these things to a specific emotion. So God is angry because this, or God is happy because this, or God is punishing us because this. And this is how we, at the end of the day, create a theory of, oh, this is the mind of God at the moment. Because There isn't enough rain and so we're being punished. I don't have enough money, so God wants me to get closer to him. Or I have a lot of money, so God is pleased with me and I am blessed. Hashtag blessed. So in this case, the mind of God is demonstrated not in human form as in a body that acts a certain way and we can read it. We have so much more than just a body. We have texts. We have representatives of the religion, as in the pastors, preachers, ministers, and so on and so forth. We have holy places. We have, and then there's also crusades and songs and feelings and sermons and so many things that people can then attribute to God is speaking or God is relating or God is punishing or God is showing love. So the relation to God can essentially come from anything. Sometimes the particular time that electricity cuts out, can be attributed to God is speaking to me about this thing. Sometimes when you lose a job, it can be attributed to God is angry with me. And so many people have turned away from God because they prayed that their mom would get healed or their dad would get healed or their husband wouldn't die. And then unfortunately the husband died or the mom died. They then say, God is cruel because he did not save my family. And so because of that, he either doesn't exist or I'm angry at him. So our attribution of who God is is not as simple as, oh, I read texts. It's several things that we're reading and looking at, most especially things that we feel like we have no control over because religion usually is something that we can lean on for the things that we can't explain and the things that we don't understand and the things that we don't have control over. Because there's this entire universe that we live in. There is this bigger picture that we cannot see. There is this other world that we cannot even fathom. And so there has to be a God. So cosmic things that happen in our worlds, uh, small experiences and big experiences can be attributed to relating to God and then understanding how he feels, what he wants, or not understanding and walking away. Of course, the subject of religion, for me and so many people, is not as simple as one, two, three, four, five. It's not always chronological. It's not always synchronized. There are several things that we try to put in order so that our minds can understand it. We will put organization in religion so that we know how to relate to it and we have codes of conduct. The point of me saying this is that as much as I cannot organize religion in ordinary life, I also cannot organize religion in this podcast. So I'm going to quit while I'm ahead and uh, just say that theory of mind in religion, in relation to God, is not as simple as looking at emotions, thoughts, knowledge, actions, looking at texts. Attributions to how God is feeling and thinking can be picked from just about anything, from natural disasters, to things working out at work, to who you marry, to how you understand the Bible, to pastors, to how mean people are treating you, and so on and so forth. There isn't really like a cool little cute box that we can put it in like, oh, this is the definition this is theory of mind and religion, and that's it. It's not always going to be a neat little box all the time. And I feel like whenever I'm going to be looking at religion in relation to psychological terms, it's not always going to be a clean-cut definition. Religion is personal, but religion is intrinsic. Even if I'm born into a specific religion, I have to then have a personal experience of it for me to be able to follow. it. So because of that, I cannot ever explain religion in its fullness because I cannot ever get into the experiences of thousands of people and how they relate to religion. But it doesn't mean that I won't try. Please keep joining me as I try and break down these psychological terms and look at them in reference to media. And then look at them again in reference to religion. That's me, Miss Pat. Bye.